What's that? This is my man, J.B. Smooth. What's happening, bro? Man, you know, I've been watching y'all, man, talking about uh, rappers and all that good stuff. Got me thinking, man, about it got me thinking about my heyday, man, like growing up in New York. Got me thinking back. All those parties that had give, to, give me all those parties that had to sneak in with the fake ID from the corner of 40 Deuce and, and Broadway, that little arcade spot had all the fake IDs. You go there, get you a fake ID, you can hit all the spots. You know, I was hanging in Bentley's and, and, and Justine's and all those damn clubs, I know damn well I ain't supposed to be up in there. But once you put a dress shirt on and you're already tall, you get away with it. When you're tall, you get away with it. You get away with it when you're tall, you know? Put a little silk shirt on. Back in the day, we had the silk joints. You know, when you start partying, though, the only problem was that joint starts sticking to your skin. Yeah, that's the only problem about them silk shirts. Yeah. They, be, they be hugging your body too tight. You be wet going on the train, going back to the crib. Man, 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 GB, were you, how old were you in the club? Were you, were you, were you 12 and, and, and six foot two, sir? Yo, how old I've been, were you I've been long 13? and lean. I've been long and lean my whole life, man. I've been long my whole life, man. So all you got to do is have the right facial expression, too. You got to look like you been, you was here last week. As long as you look like you come every week, pretend you know people online already, keep turning around while the line behind you. Like, yo, I see you inside. Yes, Once you say, I see you inside, the bouncer at the door, he's going to grab the velvet rope and he's going to let you win. He's going to already start grabbing it because he's seen you holler at people online behind you already. You got to know what you're doing. It's, it's an man, 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 man. I want to see. It's getting a close etiquette. Red Parrot. Don't get me started on the Red Parrot. Don't, don't, don't let me bring the RP up. No, no, no. Red Parrot was some shit now, man. Now, I was, that was a little bit before my time. I couldn't get Red Parrot. A little bit before my time. Yo, man, let me tell you about the Red Parrot, bro. I used to be online and go into RP, man. Let me tell you something. Everybody used to go up in that joint. I was on a dance floor one time partying, and you know anybody can walk up. Anybody hung out. Everybody hung out the Red Parrot. I'm on lock. I'm on the dance floor already dancing because you know the, the the dance floor was really a a cage, a parrot, a bird yes. cage. It was designed. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So you're basically a bird when you're on the dance floor. You a parrot. You really a parrot on the dance floor. And you and you get your groove on, and you can see the door. You see when people walk up in that joint. So while you were right, yes, and it was sunken floor, so you were down lower, and you could see who walking in. Man, I seen. It was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was still wearing the red, the red uh, uh, outfit from his stand-up special with the, with the black little black gloves on. He had the black gloves. Yeah, yes, yes. He had the red and black gloves. I remember that. The two-piece leather outfit on. It was it was Mike, it was it was uh, Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall had the long. That's why everybody wore the long suit. Remember the long suit jacket? The suit jacket went to yes, your knees. It went to your damn knees. And he had that long yes, ass. Sir. He had that long ass finger too back in the days too. I think it was really long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pointing anybody you wanted to point to. Hello, and you, and you, and sir. It was, and what about you? Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and Mike Tyson walking in at the same time. I'm talking about the young champ, the young champ, the young champ. He came in there. Oh, okay. He came in like this in the club. He he walked in the club like this. Like keep moving his neck like this. That's how he came in the door. I said, yo, that's Mike Tyson. Okay. Oh. Hold on now, 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 Jamie. How many women ran away 
when that man walked in like that's this. how he walked in. That 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 was Mike walking in the ring. That that's how he walked in the ring every time. He was like, he moved that neck like this right there. Move that neck side to side. Woo! It's, it's like he just came from a fight. I think he might have had his gloves on too when he came to the club. I ain't positive. I, I don't remember all the details, but I think he might have had his gloves on when he came to the club. He still had the gloves on and everything, man. And Mount Peter. No, 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 no. How did the man come to the club with the gloves on? Now? No, he, no I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, he had the gloves on and the mouthpiece. I saw it. I saw it. And then I see him hall. He was so excited about being in the Red Parrot, he pointed at somebody, but his finger was so long, people thought he was shooting. And everybody hit the floor. Right, yeah, everybody everybody hit the, the floor. People drove on the floor. He said, he got a gun. He got a gun. Because I see the wall, he had that long ass finger. See, people thought he had a, a sawed off shotgun in the club, because that damn finger was so long. See, you got to be careful walking in the club okay. like that with that damn finger. So, uh, you name the club, I was there, man. You know. When, you, when I hear you talking about hip-hop, man, and all this stuff, it just gives me, like, chills up my spine because I remember everything, man. I'm going to give you my rundown. I used to hang in all the joints. The Roxy, the Funhouse. I was in the Funhouse, man. You know, I was at the party when the Disco 3 changed their name to the Fat Boys. Fat Boys, yeah. That was at, that was at Roseland. That was at Roseland. At Roseland. Disco Beat changed their name to the Fat Boys. I was at that party, man. And everybody already knows. Uh, uh, that's back we had on the radio. We had Chuck Leonard on the radio. And Chuck Leonard used to... Chuck Leonard would pump up. And that's, that's right, everybody. Come on down to the biggest dance floor in the city. Roseland. Remember that? Yo. Yo. Roseland had the biggest dance floor. I'm telling you. If you, if you weren't there, if you was in Roseland and you met a lady... A young lady, and you didn't get that number when you was in front of her. You ain't getting that number because Rose. Oh, wait, hold on, let me stop you. It was sir. too big. Let, 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 hold on, hold on. Too let big. me stop you, sir. Let, let, let me stop you, sir. I had a. I don't even want to get into that kind of conversation because we have a gentleman on here that we've been spending three days talking about him getting phone numbers from women and. And not knowing what to say, didn't <laughs> have it together. And, and now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make him a plenty of fish page, and we're gonna have somebody else run it, and so that he can he can have sexual contact with as many women as possible. If if, if you want to give that man any tips about getting a woman's phone number, even from back in the days, what would you tell him? Oh, back in the day, this what you do. You gotta have in your head. Predetermined a predetermined number. You never go on there saying I need a number. See, you mess yourself up. See, now you, you set yourself back. Back in the day, we would ride the train from Mount Vernon down to the city when we didn't have a, a ride. You know, back then, you know, you, it was cool riding the train back in the day. You get dressed up, hop on that two train, go all the way down to the city. Now on the train, it's like four or five guys, four or five guys with me. We all love to put a number out there because we, we all wanted to find out. That way we could confirm on the way back home how many numbers you got. And back then, everything was written on paper. You, had a, you, you always made sure you had a pen in your pocket. You always carried a pen. And you had a piece of paper, a little book or something you could write a number down in. Because we didn't have the ability to have this back in the day. We, we, right, right. There's none of that shit, sir. Yeah, none, none, none of that technology existed. All you had was a... You needed... A, 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 
You couldn't have been a phone call with a quarter. You needed a dime. You needed a straight dime. Yes, you did. You needed I'm gonna drop. That's where the term I'm gonna drop dime when you came from. Because everybody had dime back in the payphone. So you always say, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like four numbers tonight. Once you say four, you satisfied if your ass get one. See, you said four, right? You satisfied with one, but you always say you can take four. I'm going for mine. You swing for the fences. You you go you go in. And once you look good and you see back in the days, cats used to want to look good before they walk out that house and smell good. Woo! You get cologne, put a little cologne on your neck, you know, get your little get your little hand rub together. This right here. No, 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 no. Well, then now hold on. Now hold on. Let's give him see, cause here's the thing, bro. You if he ain't doing this, if he ain't doing this, look, you're looking smooth. If he ain't doing this, you, you give him some. Give them some advice on what to do to get the phone number, sir. If he ain't doing this, first of all, he ain't going to get no number. You got to look. Back in the day, you had to look like she tasted. Like, if you don't have this on your face, you know, you got to know how to, your stance, your feet, your feet supposed to be duck-like. You got to have the duck feet. Your feet supposed to face so, out like this. creating a. I have to be school for it. You have, have to be sleuth. Have to be sleuth footed. You got to be sleuth footed when you're standing still. You gotta look like you gotta look like a damn trophy. You should look like a damn trophy. Like your feet should stand out outward like this, and your hands should rub like this, and you should make 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 gestures like you're the finest thing I've seen all my life. Give compliments. Give compliments. You we would we and, and also you gotta put her with you. You gotta say things like we would look good together. See, that means you are seeing the future. You're going to be a time traveler. Back in the day, you had to be a time traveler. You know what I'm saying? Things like this. What are we going to do next week when we come? What are we going to do next? Are we going to come together next week? Come on. See, that's things you right, right. predetermined. You're predetermined to the future. Huh? Yeah, you got to take it to the future. You got to make her think the future is bright. The future is bright. When I met my wife, I'm, this is dead. This, this is an honest, true story. When I met my wife, I, I was in a restaurant. My wife came in. They, it was crowded. They didn't have no seat. I knew the maitre d. I said, "Hey, man, get those ladies a seat." Matter of fact, the one right next to us is wide open. You know, when she sat down, I ain't bother her. I ain't sweat her. I ain't make her nervous. I said, "Y'all enjoy your meal. Y'all enjoy your meal." I know my guy. I make sure y'all are good. Y'all enjoy your meal. I ain't bother. I ain't be all over her. I ain't follow her around. Ooh. You know, guys do that all the time. Follow her around the club because you bought her a drink. No, you don't do that. You let her enjoy her meal. I ain't bother her. When it was time. Right, right. Was so time you to, let her eat. Huh? You let her eat and, and you let her digest her, her food. Y'all, y'all, walk you, me through the rest. Check it one time. Y'all good? You need anything else? Y'all good? Okay. That's it. Make sure they're good. We fine. We fine. See? That's all you need is a, we fine, thank you. See, leave her alone. When the night was over, that's what I said to her. All I said was this, and there was a rap. Where are we going on our next date? That's all I said. That's all I said. Where are we, where are we going on our first date? That's all I said. That's all I said. That's positive talk. Put it out there. Huh? Huh? Put it out there. Let it ride. I let it marinate, too. Let, let her have it. I was still eating my food, too. I had my little knife and fork. I was still eating my food, you know. I let, I let her think about it. She was all, they was all done with their food. I had my little knife and fork. I was still cutting, made sure I still cut my food, you know, had etiquette, you know, had my little napkin stuck in my shirt. See, 
Hmm. Put that out there. I, I just planted that little seed. Right, right. Shit. I let no because I did. I lit a fuse. It was a stick of dynamite. You know what? I just lit a stick of dynamite. I was like, see that? And I lit it. And no, no, no. I like that it. Fuse, TV, that fuse light. Here's why I like it. Here's why I like it. Because that, that's some shit I do. Because I have to I have to be confident enough to tell you what's happening next. You know, I, I, I have to tell you what's happening next. You, no, you got to be a time traveler. You got to see the future. You, she got to see herself with you. See, that's how you do it. That's, how, that's the only way to do it. And, 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 and that split second, she's already comparing you to other dudes or her past. Her past. I said past. You in the future. She comparing you to the past already. See? She comparing you. You're talking confidently about what's going to happen next. Exactly. That makes sense. She got a, she's envisioning things. She's envisioning, you know, you're riding on those two-seater bikes. You know those two-seater bikes? When you're both pedaling together, the only one person steering? That, oh, oh, oh. On, two-seater bikes. They, all the, like, cute Now, listen, sir. Cute ass. Now, now, listen, sir. Cute ass. Listen, sir. There's no more on the same page that you can be like two people riding on a motherfucking tandem bike. You, you are 100%. I'm going to tell you something. That tandem bike? Come on, man. The tandem bike? There's nothing. Right. That, that's asses. That's asses and legs moving in the same direction. Yeah, and you gotta trust. You gotta have trust in the person that's steering it. Watch where the hell you going. See, you gotta watch where the hell you going at too. You steering. You're both tandemly pedaling that bike. Oh, and if that don't represent love, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Only thing that be more sexier. Only thing that will be more sexier than a. Is a tandem skateboard. That's the only goddamn thing I know is better. Ain't nothing better. Than, you, you, I, you, you, no, you, no, sir. I think the ass, the ass to foot ratio, or, or the ass to foot I, and I, leg ratio, or and weight ratio. I don't think it's gonna be possible. You no, know, you gotta know the hell you gotta know the hell you're doing. You both gotta work on it constantly. Cause ain't nothing better than you gotta hold the waist too. Cause you you have to hold on to. She in the front. She doing her leg like this. You in the back, you got to hold her little waistline. Y'all both got to be tandem. See, you got to be tandem skate, skateboarding on that damn skateboard together, together. And then, you know, you know, skateboard is all about this right here. It's all about wiggling and, and getting your balance and moving the hip. Hey, it's all, it's all hold hip on, sir. It's hold on, sir. Hip hold on. It's all hold on. hip action. No, no, hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. It's hip action. Uh, because, because you make it sound good. You make it sound good. Have you done this? Because it sounds good, just, but it don't, look, it don't work in daily, sir. You got to be good at it. You got to work on it, first of all. You got to, and, uh, or, or I'm just I'm throwing things out there, throwing the ideas out there. Another thing is this. Have your lady sit on your lap while you're on a unicycle. Now, that right there, now, now that is another level after the skateboard thing. But the unicycle, uh, 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 the unicycle, sir, it, 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 Dick is hard. You're off balance. It doesn't work, sir. Now, the hell you doing? She sits you got to know what you... You're locked on a unicycle. Your dick gets hard. You're off balance. And now you're false. You're forgetting about you're love. What, hey, once love comes into the picture, you must become one. you got to become one. It's not two people. It's not one. Per it's not a lady sitting on your lap while you're on a unicycle. You are one unique person. See? You, you are you half man, half lady. Like like a goddamn like a, a a centaur. You know what a centaur is? Yeah, like the motherfucker with the horse in the you. In the, in the that's what you and your lady look. That's what you and your lady look like. Yo, look like look at that crazy ass person riding that damn unicycle. It looked like two people. 
but it's one person. Oh, come on, man. Okay, okay, listen, people are saying, people are saying the unicycle, they, 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 you lost them, but, but I'm there with you, sir. But, but, let, let, let's go here. First of all, I, 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 I like the look. I like the new, I like the new whole Isaac Hayes shit. It's smooth. If you see <laughs> me walking down the street and I start to cry, it's time to me. Walk on by. Walk on. chest hair. Nobody's, this is what nobody's doing. No one's doing this. No one has shaped up their beard and let it connect to their chest hair and let the shape, shape the whole thing up. You line all that up. You're li no, you line all that up and let it attach right here. Look, you, behind your ear, right here. You line all this up straight down your chest. No one's, no one's, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know if you, sir, I don't know if it would really be sexy if you have a fucking straight line of hair down to your navel, sir. It works, I, I, I promise I, I you, know. I promise you. It, it, you gotta have patience, though, and let it grow in. A lot of beard, beard oil on your chest and on your neck. Allow that to be moisturized and soft. Let it grow down your chest to your chest hair. Get a good barber. I, I, I suggest you get a personal barber because it wouldn't I, be cool sir, in a chair with no shirt on. But no, no, no. This this barber has to be a championship barber. This, this got to be a bad motherfucker. He got to put that tongue out. He got to do look. from the from the ghetto, sir. He got to put that tongue out. He got to put that tongue out like this and that and line it up. See that? Once you do it, once you do that right there, that that makes everything accurate. See that? Cause if he, I'm, I'm gonna tell you one thing though. If he hit that nipple, if he if he hit that, uh, sir. Oh, if he hit that nipple, it, I it's a don't rap. think I want. I don't think I want metal. I don't want clippers and, and nipples. It, 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 it's not a combination. It's, you gotta be good. You gotta be good and put that tongue out. Once you do that right there, once you do that, it make it's like it's like a it's like a sniper. It's like it makes everything more accurate. Right there. And once you line that up, once you start lining it up, oh man, your chest hair get trained. You gotta train your chest hair and comb it. You comb it once in a while too. All right, so I have to train my my my. I have to train. I have to train my chest hair like like uh, the Tiger King or uh, whoever the motherfuckers on Netflix must killed the motherfucking uh, you, woman with the tiger. I don't know. I have to train you, it like that. You must train every. If you want hair to do a certain thing. And stay in a certain pattern. See, is if hair is attracted to hair, what you don't want is this. You don't want your hair to get out of control, and all of a sudden it starts reaching and growing outward to your underarm hair. See what I mean? It, it's going to keep going, and you must keep it at bay. Keep it lined up nice. That way, it won't go any other place. It, it will. It will travel. If you so, you're telling me that 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 that. that this is where I could I could fuck around doing the wrong thing, and my beard and and, and my armpit hair could be the same fucking hair. Keep you gotta look. When you put the look, when you put the beard oil, right? You do the beard oil. You put the you rub the beard oil on your beard, right? But if once you start once you start doing this, pulling it downward and doing this, it's gonna that's where the hair gonna grow, 
on your chest. And if you if you go too far over, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna gravitate towards your underarm hair and your pubic hair. It would serve with hold on, hold on, hold on now, with hold on now, hold on. But it feels like if that hair is all there, what happens when I'm drinking a fucking soda? I don't want that thin, all that thin, because no. now I got hair here, no. I'm going to feel all of that going down my throat with my, you know I, I, know. I, get I, I don't know. I get it. I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. I had a buddy of mine who had all the hair on the chest, all the hair on the back, you know, he, he had a, he had a, a, a fro, he had a beard, he had, he had a whole ensemble of hair, hair hairy ass back. He went to the beach and had a good time at the beach. He took his shirt off and someone threw red paint on him. They thought he was wearing a fur coat. You know, it happens. It's going to happen. These are all things, you know, someone yelled out, murderer, and they threw red paint on him. That's, that's what they said. All he heard was murderer, and they threw a red, paint, sure. threw red paint on him, but they thought he was wearing a fur coat. It was Peter. It was a Peter people. It was Peter. 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 I'm just telling you what happens. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm getting, look. I'm just telling you these we little things. Exactly. No, no, hold on, Jamie. Where are we going with this? Tell me which this, way. Oh, so, yeah, this is all wrapped up into making sure my man has the confidence in himself. These are all the pitfalls. See, once you give someone the pitfalls, they understand what's, what's reality and what's possible. The possibilities are endless. Once you realize the possibilities are endless, you need to have the opposite. And, to, and you, these are all examples. Grooming, now you, we started talking about the beard, and I had to give you all the pitfalls of having a beard, and I talked about the chest hair and all the good stuff like that. I'm just giving you a route. You gotta follow the route, you know? Do you know how to drive down south? Have you ever drove, <coughs> you ever drove down south before? Yes, of course I've driven down south. Hey. You're driving down south right now. That's all. That's all it is. Think about it like that. Oh, you're on 95. I, I, hey, well, well, you're on 95. I, I'll tell you this. You take 95. I'm not going to tell this man to let his hair, his beard, and his arm armpits connect. I'm going to take him down. I don't Look, know about that. I'm going to take the dude down 95. That's all I can do. Now, there's a lot of routes off 95. You're going to 85, right? You're going to 17. You're going to go on. You're going to 64. There's a few routes. Uh, there's a few routes. It's, it's, I'm just telling you. I'm, 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 I'm laying it out for you. I'm just laying it out. I'm laying it out for you. Now, I want to share something with you. Okay. I didn't hear from you. I got off the plane at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I didn't hear from you. I said, yo, JB, we good for today? I didn't hear anything. So when I didn't hear anything, I said, I'll, I'll wait until, because I didn't hear confirmation. See, we just so talked about this. Prepare no. for this let, me go, let, let, let me go back in time. We just talked about this. You must know the future. We talked already. I foresaw, I foresaw the future already. Because once I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. You ain't got to check with me. You ain't got to be like, oh, oh, we, we, talk, we talked already. We said 3.30. I was, on your, I was already on your site at, at 3.25. I was sitting there waiting patiently. You know, because well, 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 once well, I say well, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna go. In. I'm gonna wait for your Instagram. I'm gonna wait for you to to invite me in. I waited. I said, I "Ain't gonna bother." Then, then I said, "You know what? Let me send him a message just so he know that I got I got him. I don't back. I, if I tell him to do something, I'm gonna do it, man. There's nothing worse than someone telling you they're gonna do something and then they show up and they don't do it. it. I ain't like that, man. I ain't like but that. here's 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 the 
more important thing. How did you prepare yourself to be on white people time, sir? Because five minutes early, now we're dealing with Caucasian time. Let me tell you something. How did you get yourself into a mindset to be on time? Because I'm a true professional. See, remember back in the days before you went to the Tough and Another tour at Madison Garden? What did you do? You bought you a cool ass AJ Lester, right? You got your, oh man, you got your little fake ass chain, you know, and you want to snatch that shit. You got you some some leaves, some straight got some straight leg leaves, right? You took them, took them leaves to the to the cleaners and had the cleaners sew in the permanent crease because you wanted those shit to be straight. You got a fresh pair of pumas, fresh pair of pumas, some fat ass laces, some fat ass laces, right? You 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 your iron wouldn't even accomplish what you need to accomplish. You picked your mattress up. You laid them leaves down between your box spring and your mattress. You laid it in there. And yes, and, then, then, then I, and once you laid out 165 pounds on that on that uh, on that damn mattress, that's that's like a fucking uh, three sets of irons ironing your. That's pants. three sets of irons with steam and starch and spray starch. You put it between your mattress. You lay your ass down, and you did that what a few days earlier before the damn show. You get. <laughs> You take them damn lean jeans out from between that mattress. You stand up, right? You stand on top of the bed because you didn't want them damn jeans to bend. You stand on top of the bed or on top of a dresser. And you, and you, you jump your ass into them damn knees and you don't sit down until you get to that damn show. You walk around like a goddamn fool with your damn legs. Now, 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 listen. It sounds like those creases... It sounds like those creases that you had could, could literally cut a motherfucker in the leg I'll cut your throat. while you're walking down to the Madison Square. I'll cut your goddamn throat with them goddamn those damn pants so damn straight. Right. I, it's like I'm, you kick a motherfucker. You cut him in the throat. When I'm walking down the street, you, you thought I was on stilts. That, that's how stiff my legs were. Like them stilt walkers in Jamaica. They be dancing and shit on them damn stilts and shit. That's how I walk like, like a stilt walker because my damn jeans so tight. Oh, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I prepared myself because I knew my man was coming in town. He told me what time he was going to get in town. He said 3.30. I said, you know what? Let me tell you what I did today. Let me tell you what I did. I left out this house at 2, 2.30. I said, I got my man at 3.30. I had my, had my ballot. Everybody out there, make sure you vote. I had my ballot. I had my ballot, mail-in ballot already. Had a, I just signed the back of it. You know, I got me a, uh, I got me a napkin with some water on it and put that on the damn, on the damn, uh, uh, on the right. envelope, on the envelope. You didn't want to use your, you didn't want to use your hey. tongue because that, that, that glue in your tongue. Don't you do it. Don't you, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you put your mouth on that goddamn envelope. Don't you do it. Everybody out there, you vote, but be safe. Don't you put your mouth on that. Don't you put your lips, your tongue on that goddamn envelope. And uh, I, I say, you know what? I got a little time. I took the time to run. Uh, a, a five-minute drive. Make sure I went through that little. Make sure it was the right box. Make sure it was the right box. Yeah, make sure I looked at it real good. Yeah. Put, put my my wife and I. We both put our ballots in there. I said I got, got about a half an hour to kill. Came back home. I already had my hat sitting on the on the table. I knew I can wear that hat. This damn hat, ready? No, 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 no. no listen, Ooh, listen. Got a little JB, explain something. Little JB screw on it. Little JB hat. No, 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 no. Let me explain something. Let me explain something. When, when, when you put that motherfucking hat on, you meant business, okay? Because that hat, if you wear that hat, sir, you, you are about business or you are going to the Caribbean and, and you're going to fuck somebody with that hat on, 
on, sir. So I know when you put that hat on, you are about your fucking business. You got me right. That hat, I said, okay, this motherfucker's in a different, he's in a different state of mind. Mm -mm -mm. I knew. I put the hat down. Right? I got my little safari shirt on. Put my little shirt on. Now, I'll be honest. From the waist down, I ain't shit. I ain't shit happening right now. Okay. I'm in my goddamn drawers. I'm in my drawers. But from the waistline up, ho. Oh. I'm fabulous. I'm fucking fabulous. You are the shit. I'm fucking fabulous. I put some little beads on my arm and shit. Put the glasses on. I'm all good. I was ready for you. I said, my man going to be ready at 3.30. I said, baby, I can't let my man down. He came to town. He told me to be ready at 3.30. I'm going to be ready at 3.30. I sat my ass. This is what I did. I turned the shit on, and I sat like this. Oh, you were, you were ready. You were ready. You were ready. You, you were ready. No, 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 no. The bottom line. Cause I wait for you, cause everybody get introduced when they do Instagram. Once I put the invite, I said, "You done came on. Right, you so done thought right right my screen froze." Cause I'm like this. Now, 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 let me let me clear this up, sir. You ain't shit from 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 the waist down, but but from the top up, you really said, "Listen, I'm gonna do this right today." Let me tell you something. From the waist down, I might as well be sitting in a bathtub. You understand? Hey, look. Look, it don't matter. From the way down, it don't matter. In this world of technology we living in right now, in this Zoom world, this Instagram live world, you don't worry about from the waist down. You don't worry about the waist down. You worry about the neck up or your chest up. That's all you got to worry about. You don't got to worry about nothing else. Okay? It don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter. You With the right background, you could be sitting on the goddamn toilet. It don't matter. It don't matter. All you need is a cool ass background. Shit. You know? You're 100% right. So, so here's, here's what I need from you. Here's what I need from you. Promise me on this Instagram live that when I come back from the West Coast, because my time got all fucked up when I was coming, coming here, just promise that I can, I can interview you sometime right after the election, because I need to talk about Pootie Tang. Shut up. Hey, my main thing. Hey, Pootie Tang is my shit. Whatever you want to talk about. There's a lot going on in the world. We're trying to get back to normalcy. But we got some things and some work to do. So we got some work ahead of us. So we need to Okay, but, but wait, hold on, hold on. Just promise me my, my favorite shit is curvy enthusiasm. But 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 uh, the, uh oh what the thing I love the most that you did was Pootie Tang. Sada Tay. Pootie Tang. Sada Tay. And, 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 and the funniest shit ever oh, is man. when you went, when you went, remember when you left and you went to the country and you were like, I'm going, I'm going to plow and I'm going to eat my own food and I'm going to eat my own food. And then you said, listen, I can't be out here. It's too hot. Man, pants are sticking. Who dog is this? That shit you don't know who dog that was is. was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> hey, man, that's a classic. Once in a while, uh, I can walk through the airport, man, and some random person would bring up Pootie Tang. So, Sadate, big shout out to Chris Rock. And but then, who did you like Pootie Tang? Did you have Yeah, anything? no, you I didn't like, like nothing. You know, that was an existing character on um, on um, the Chris Rock show. You know, uh, Lance, Lance Crowder played Pootie Tang on the Chris Rock show. You know, they, they had Pootie Tang <sighs> little, little sketches and stuff, Pootie Tang. And then um, they made a, a movie out of it. Yep. Oh, shout, shout to Dougie Fresh, shout to Lord Tariq. I see you. Um, um, I didn't know that. I never, I never knew that. So, and the, and the whole belt and everything that was on the Chris Rock show, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, man. I, 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 I definitely.
got to talk talk about that because that's one of my favorite movies ever. And of course, the curb your enthusiasm. How did you wind up with Larry David? How did that even happen? That that was you know I'm I'm a guy that's never been afraid to make chess moves, man. And and sometimes you gotta you know you you don't know how your journey, uh, what the purpose of certain things is are in your journey. Uh, I took an improv, improv class and it must have been like 1990, maybe 89, maybe, maybe even earlier than that, maybe 88. I took an improv class and I said, you know what? Because uh, was, that's when I first started doing stand-up. I've been doing, th I'm 30 years in right now with stand-up. So what I did was I took an improv class before I ever hopped on stage and I wanted to find out who I was, who I wanted to be on stage. So I took an improv class and then years later, you know, I'm working at, um, at SNL as a writer. Um, I actually um, did three seasons on SNL. Um, and then my fourth season, I didn't get renewed. And then um, what happened was, uh, my wife had already told me I was going to be on on, uh, on Curb Enthusiasm. We were watching it one night, and I said, I love this damn show. I would love to be on this show one day. And my wife said, you're going to be on that show. So you're going to be on that show, but I can see you and Larry together. He lanky, you lanky, you say crazy stuff, he say crazy stuff. And, uh, and then I didn't get renewed my fourth season on SNL. So I cleared house basically. I got rid of my agent, but I knew, see, I, I'm not afraid to make moves, but I know I'm gonna work hard. So I, I fired my agent before I got renewed, before my option came up. Cause I, I, I said, let me see what happens. You know, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get rid of everybody, I cleared house. And what happened was actually my, once I fired my agent, I said, I'm probably not gonna be coming back because there's no one to speak up for me. So I didn't have anybody to speak up for me and make, make sure I went back to SNL. So I said, hell with it. Uh, so then I go on the road. This, all this happened within a month or two. I signed with a new agent in New York. They had an office in LA. I was, on, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, man. And I was in a hotel room. I got a phone, my phone rang, right? I picked my phone up. And I saw the name OG on my phone, right? That's my man, OG Pierce. You know, OG did, uh, this is how we do it, you know? <laughs> for, for Martel Jordan, he produced that song. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, um, and I answered the phone, and it was a, a woman on the phone. And she said, hey, JB, this is so-and-so. I said, uh, I said, oh, I, I, said, I thought it was OG. You know, because his name came on my screen, OG. She said, oh, yeah, I'm calling you because OG passed away. Oh, OG passed away. I said, what? And this is like a good friend of mine, man. We, we actually met on the Cedric the Entertainer show. Uh, he was doing mm -hmm. music coordinating and that kind of stuff. And amazing producer, man. You know, and um, I said, oh, shoot. So they said they were having a, a memorial service for him in L.A. And I said, wow. I didn't even live in L.A. yet. I said, you know what? I got to go and show my respects for my man. So I went to L.A. for one day. One day I went to LA, man, and just to show my respects, they, they had a little jam session for them on Sunset at this club. Um, and, and I got to LA that one day, and I had just signed, signed with my new agent in New York. And I said, while well, I'm in LA, I might as well say hi to my new agent. You know, I'm only here, I'm only here till tomorrow. So I went over to the office in LA, you know, and um, sat down at a big table, a bunch of agents sitting around the table. And I was like, um, yeah, you'll be like, what you want to do next? I said, I don't know. I'm not behind the camera no more. Yeah, I'm not sitting in SNL writing. And I, was, I just had a regular writing job, you know? And um, uh, this agent comes in the room and says, hey, man, um, 
I got an audition if you want to try to go. I said, yeah. I said, what's it for? And he said, Kirby Enthusiasm. I was like, what? I said, man, I love Kirby Enthusiasm. He said, can you go over there right now? I'm like, yeah. I go over there. I go straight over there from the office, straight to, straight to the audition. No prep, no nothing. Just like walked up in there. I thought I was going to go. And, so, and, and when I got to the audition, I knew mad people waiting to go in. We, I mean, if you think about anybody, they were in that room about to go in. Comedian friends, actor friends already know. Room full of people. I said, oh, shit. I said, I know everybody in here. That's crazy. We all like say hi to each other. Man, then I thought about this. I said, damn. So I went in there. I thought I was going to go on tape. And I walked in the room, and it's like Larry standing in the middle of the room. And you had to improvise with Larry directly. Now, I had no idea the process of what was going to happen when I walked in that room. But the one thing I always do when I'm auditioning is I always walk in the room as the character. I never walk in the room as JB, and then when they say, are you ready? And then turn it on. But it's so hard to start that car sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. I got, I'm already, I pump my gas in the waiting room. Right. And I turn that key in the waiting room. Right. So you just go in there and yeah. just you on already. Yeah, I don't give a damn. I'm talking to somebody. I just morph into the character. I'll, I'll start talking as the character. They're like, you okay? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I just become a character early. So when I walk in the room, they see how the character walks in the room. They see his mannerisms right. immediately. I, I I ain't all about starting that shit up because sometimes they don't they don't get it when you gotta start it up. I rather walk in that room. I like to, I like to drive the car. I like to keep them on their heels. So I just walk in the room and start fucking with everybody. I start fucking with Larry. <laughs> I said, I said, I fucking with Larry. I just jump right on Larry. I just jump right on Larry's ass. I, I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna drive this car. I said, you know, I love improvising. The first thing I ever did was take an improv class when I started doing stand up and. Shit, what, an 88? Whatever it was. And I knew that uh, once I started doing that, I knew that um, I was driving that vehicle. But I had to think about this. One, my wife told me I was going to be on a show one day. Two, SNL didn't renew me for my fourth season. If they had renewed me, I wouldn't even have heard about this damn audition. I would have been sitting behind a computer typing jokes at SNL, still in New York. I wouldn't even have came back to LA. And Three, my buddy passed away. He passed away at that time. That, right. In that window, I was free. I could leave town. I could go to his memorial service for one day. And I fired my agent, my old agent. So I was free as a bird. I signed with a new agent before I left New York to go on the road to do stand-up. And then I get a phone call that my buddy passed away. So all three of those things had to happen. Even if one, even, yeah, even if one didn't happen, I would have never been on the show because I would have been under contract at SNL. Or if my buddy didn't pass away that week, I would have never came to LA anyway. You never came to LA. I would never came to LA. So all this, all this had to happen in order to put me in a room with Larry. Even, even the taking the improv class in early in, in 1990, whatever it was, taking the improv class in '90. Even that, taking that little that little improv class and putting that in my toolbox, right? Set you up. Set all you that, up all that, up. yeah. All that being said, is it, it just you have to have some sort of patience, but you also have to have some sort of drive 
that allows you to figure it out as it comes. Because, you know, you plant these seeds and they're going to grow eventually. But you can't step on toes. You can't burn bridges. You can't have a bad rep following you around. You know what I mean? You, you got to be able to be in the right position to, for your blessings and your journey to make sense. Otherwise, it's a tainted journey. You know what I mean? When you get there, you want people to say nice things about you. You want to be able to pull people up and, and help them out also because you, you're in a different position now. You know, and you want to be able to inspire young people. All these things you, you want to be able to do in your timeline so you're able to, to make sense of your journey. You know, so that made sense for me, and I'm happy that, you know, I got a chance. Man, 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 man. My favorite show. My favorite show. Man, 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 man. Let me ask you a question, because they all, I don't know, I, I don't know, I have no idea, so I want you to clarify. They say the entire show is improv. Yeah. So how are you able to make an episode if there's no lines? We All we have is an outline, which is maybe nine pages long, a nine-page nine long outline of the story, of the episode. The episode comes in like a nine-pager. Everything's written out. No dialogue. It's only a story. What happens? So you really don't know what the hell you're gonna say. But my process is this: when you know, because I love improv so much. Shit, we just improv the whole first half an hour talking, fucking around. This is bullshit. bullshit. I just was fucking around. You know what I mean? But that is golden to me because there's nothing better than saying something for the first time and. You know, Larry is Larry is a genius at what he does. You know, it's almost like we were supposed to meet. It's almost like this was this is basically what it is, man. And it was going to come in some form, but it happened. You know, because I came in town, uh, my buddy passed away in that moment. But I truly believe it, we would have met at some point because it's just right. about it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. You, you, you throw something to the universe, man, and you just gotta wait for it to come back in the form it's gonna come back in, you know? But the show is improvised, so anything you hear, uh, unless it's something very specific that Larry needs to stitch the episode together, if you need one line or something that makes sense for the next episode, he'll ask you to say that. But otherwise, everything you hear is all improvised. And that's why- No, 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 no. Yeah. Are they ever what two or more takes, or you do it one time and that's it? Oh no no, we do we do multiple takes because what happens is shit. Larry is the Larry is the king of laughing. Larry ass will laugh, you know, and he'll laugh his ass off the whole scene up. But the good thing is we we cross shoot, so we shoot this way and shots. Talented, you know, it is it is actually the best form to act in. I, I feel like it's not for everybody, but for what it is, it is absolutely an amazing process, man. It's nothing better than saying something for the first time, and you know, and you're really working off of human emotion. And it's kind of like the show is people love the show, but they also say the show is cringeworthy because. Larry will do some shit that they just went through. He'll be like, oh, I hate that. I hate when someone is a pig parker. Or I hate the chat and cut. You know, all the little things. He'll make a name for the shit. But it'll be funny as hell. Like the chat and cut. That means you're standing online and someone walk up and pretend they're talking to the person in front of you. And they, then all of a sudden, they online. <laughs> they online. Wait a minute. Wait a motherfucking minute. How you get in front of me? 
Right. I, listen, I talked my way. I talked my way into that song. The chat and cut. Uh, so even even when we do scenes, you know, I as an actor, I got I got two things I do. One thing is I make I, I try to give him something he didn't know about my character every time we shoot. And two is, you know, when we do a scene, I gotta decide if I wanna have his back or go against him. Right. So and that's a, the choice I make in the moment. I, I don't I don't go into there thinking, okay, I'm gonna have his back. No, I just go by what I'm feeling naturally from him, and I say, nah, you're wrong, Larry. Either you're wrong or you're right. You know what I mean? So that's how I. That's the only way I can judge which direction I'm going to go in the fork of the road, and that determines how many laughs you're going to get out of that episode and that scene. Is choosing to have and committing to it, committing to not having a back and committing to having his back. That means anybody that come at Larry, I got to defend them. But right, right. If I don't have his back, if I say no, nah, that's no, nah, that's some bullshit, Larry. You fucked up. I gotta ride that through the episode. I gotta make sure I'm I'm right. not on his side. I'm giving him an obstacle in his way, you know, and I'm making sense of it. So the show right. is definitely improvised. When when you when when they gave you your character, because there's no there's no no minds and no script, what do they, what do they do? They give you a fucking blank piece of paper and tell you to just go ahead and do whatever? Hey man, we get that nine page outline, you know the story. For that episode, but then even in rehearsal, we don't even say lines in rehearsal. We're doing blocking, lining the shot up, and we got a potential. We go blah 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 blah, because Larry doesn't want to hear where you're going. Wow. Where you're going at. He don't want to know where you're going with it. We just completely cold, completely cold. We don't the have no lines cold. for rehearsal. We just go blah 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 blah. That's all we do. Blah 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 blah. You know, we just do that, and that that is our rehearsal. So when we say something on camera, that's the first time we said it. There is no oh, I said that in rehearsal because he wants a natural reaction from it. If I say it in rehearsal, he don't know it's coming. And even when he thinks he got it, even when he laughs and we fucking see it up, and he thinks he figured it out, and he stops once he stops laughing at it, or oh, I see him. I could tell when I got him on his heels. If if he right. if his lip like this, uh, I know he's trying to hold the hold the moment in. But then, right. once I don't get that anymore, that's that stand up. The stand up instinct is, I can tell when I got you on your heels, you know. And once the laughter that moment is played out, I change it up. So I change I change the whole shit up. And he think he, he think he figured it out, and I just change the whole. I just come at a whole different angle. Whole different angle that he wouldn't expect. But I give him options, so when he goes to editing, he can say, "Okay, this worked better than this, or whatever." But, but yeah. That now, it was—it's crazy that you're saying this because that was the entire premise of the show that I did on MTV. Hmm. There was never a script. They just came to my house, and whatever I thought about, I already knew it in my <laughs> mind, and I would say certain shit to people. And make them react a certain way. You gotta really be different for you to be able to have a skill set to do that, and him to do that. Y'all are doing it on an actual fucking television set, so that's crazy. Now, you you are a writer on SNL. First of all, how do you ever, how do you get recruited 
to, to do that? How do they find you? How do they come across you? Well, you know, I, I actually auditioned for a cast member. So uh, on two occasions, I've auditioned for SNL. The first time I ever auditioned um, was when Tracy Morgan got on the show. So I, I was in that class auditioning for that. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. And uh, then years later, of course, I went back in. Now, this is the year when Finesse and Keenan uh, Thompson, uh, we were all on the same audition. Now, I think V-Ray might have even been on that. It was the last four people, then it was the last three people. So I, I don't remember if V-Ray made it to the NBC test or not, but I know um, if you make it to the NBC test, that means you're in the studio, NBC studios, in front of all the producers, Lauren Michaels, all the writers, and they, they're sitting in the, in the, in this, in the uh, audience, and you're on stage doing the audition. And then um, what happened was I, um, I did my audition. I ended up uh, going back to L.A. after, after the, the um, audition. They said they'll let me know what happens. And um, I was in L.A., man, just still working, just doing my regular stuff in L.A. Uh, it was about a week later. And then they called me and said, hey, man, we really loved your audition, but we, we decided to go with Finesse and Keenan. I said, oh, cool, man. You know, it's all good. You know, those are my buddies, so I'm happy they made it. Da, da, da. Then he said, well, you know, uh, but we, we, we want to offer you a position as a writer if you would love to come back to New York. You, you would have to relocate back to New York because you'll be, you know, living back in New York again. And, I, and the crazy part is you move to, sometimes you move to L.A. from New York, and sometimes you end up right back in New York. Sometimes, depending on what the show is. Mm, hell yeah! In my case, in my case, that's what happened. You know, but it's the same story when I did um, when I uh, when I moved to LA, and um, when I moved to um, to LA the first time, I ended up doing um, the comedy store one night, and uh, I remember Chris was in the audience, Chris Rock, and who was uh, there was a bunch of people in the audience that night. And um, I had one of those killer sets, man. And next thing you know, you know, Chris invited me back to do uh, the Chris Rock show. Because the Chris Rock show only had maybe three, maybe three people ever who stand up on the Chris Rock show. And I, and I, was, one, right. I was one of those people that ended up doing stand up on the Chris Rock show. And um, so that's one of those things where sometimes you end up coming back, coming to LA, moving here, and you end up, and I ended up going right back to damn, to damn New York to do do SNL as a writer. Yeah. Right. Now, 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 okay, so you 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 do that and you get picked and, and they get picked and they call you back to be a writer. Mm -hmm. Do you feel some type of way being that you're writing for the people that actually got picked and you didn't get picked and how do you deal with that? No, you don't. You know, you know, I'm like this, man. You know, um, there's a purpose for everything and and me being invited back I didn't have a writing history or anything. I wasn't. I wasn't a writer. I wrote my own stuff, of course, you know. But you, know, I realized I, I've been improvising my whole life, you know, whether it's on stage or off stage. I've been improvising like crazy, and I, I, that's the only way I know how to work. Is I got to be in the moment. I got to judge it. I got to take take the wheel and do it. You know what I mean? So for me, it was one of those things where it must be. A, it must mean something. So just to be, it's an honor to even be called, you know, after your audition. They know you. They know you have the ability to be a cast member because they were. You, you made it to. I made it to the last three people, 
at a NBC test in NBC. And I love, I love my guys, man. So my thing is now I'm a part of a different team. Now I gotta make sure these guys get hits and get on base. You know what I'm saying? That's my job now, which is still a major part of being a part of a show. It's a, a major piece. So what happened was, you know, uh, no, not at all, man. We make sure that, you know, but here's my thing that helped me out a lot. When I got my writing job, I had four jobs at SNL. I was a writer on the show for, for three seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Two seasons I did warm-up for the show, you know, did warm-up. I was a writer, did warm-up. I was in sketches off and on. It, it, was, it would put me in mm-hmm. monologues. It would put me in some stuff. Yeah, shit, I played JJ in the damn good time sketch. <laughs> right, right, right. Yup, yup. And then yep. four, uh, Conan O'Brien was still at NBC at that time. So he had his show, which was produced by Lauren Michaels also, downstairs, uh, a few levels down. So Conan, Conan and his writers, who I also know from doing uh, Pootie Tang and a bunch of other movies, they all were writers on it, or Louis C.K. and those guys who created Pootie Tang and a bunch of other shows I've been on. They found out I was upstairs working as a writer. And next thing you know, every week they would call. I say, hey, they would call Lauren and say, Lauren Michaels, I'm like, hey, can we borrow JB? We got a sketch we, we want to use JB for. I did, I did Conan O'Brien probably 10, 11 times while I was working at SNL. I just kept, they kept calling me. I would hop in the elevator. Go down, kept going. Go downstairs, yeah, stop working. Go downstairs, do a sketch, get back in the elevator. Go back upstairs and get back behind the computer. So for me, it was great. And that's four separate checks. You get paid for, right? Well, I, 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 like get, I, like, see, I like that. See, that's I that like New that York that hustle. Too. That's the New York hustle right here. That's the New York hustle. They got to pay you for all four of those tasks. You got to pay, pay for all four. So I was like, I didn't complain. Check separately. Yeah, and I got a chance to be on camera. I said, it's like, you know, it, it, it wasn't a big deal. Right, just, just, shit. I got a chance to be on camera, and I got and I got just the just chance. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, and I still have final question. Yeah, final question for you, brother. We don't know how SNL is done from a writer's perspective. How is that show done? How do you how how are the skits picked? Who comes up with the jokes? How how does it all work to get to it to where we see it on Saturday night? It, it is a process. It is not easy. Um, when I was there for three seasons, I ain't a lot of man. I barely, barely got shit on. I might have got five things on in, in three years, three seasons on the show. It is not easy. You got to have some thick ass skin. But you also, you know, but even when your, your specific thing you wrote doesn't get picked, you still have to be a part of punching up. Uh, making the sketches that they did pick funnier, uh, adding adding whatever it is to it. You know, there's a lot of writers, man. Uh, it was a lot of writers, man. It might have been 16 writers, and then you got the update guys who do just update writing. You got those guys. It's probably seven, eight of those dudes. So it's like, it, it, and and you had cast members who wrote their own stuff also. So like who? Like a lot, most of the, most of the, most of the, a lot of, a lot of the cast members, <clears throat> they had these exi- existing characters that they, that they do. They, they, they probably did them in their audition. You know what I mean? They had these uh, voices they do and these characters they do. So they write their own stuff too sometimes. So that barrel of sketches is 
vast. There's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of stuff in there. Um, so it's kind of like this: uh, going on, you going on Monday, you pitch on a Monday, pitch your ideas to the to the host, the host that comes in. You pitch your ideas, you write your ideas, um, and, and tomorrow a whole everybody piles into Lauren's office. And it's people everywhere, standing up, sitting on the floor. Everybody's in there. The host is sitting in front of his desk. Lauren is behind his desk. And he calls you one at a time to pitch your sketches. Now, I would, I would always pitch at least, like most people would pitch two ideas. I would pitch like four. I would pitch four goddamn ideas, man, that pitched them. And, um, you know, and people started calling me the pitch king because I would pitch these crazy-ass pitch ideas, you know what I mean? And I, and I would always stand up when I did my pitches. Because, I, because, you know, with a stand-up background, you know, I always wanted to make my ideas Work come to life. Work to work. Yeah, I want to make them life. When I'm telling you the idea, and I got people laughing their ass off because I'm doing And But here's the thing about it. It's very possible that me pitching these ideas, it's very possible that I might have been the only person who could do it. Possibly. Because sometimes you write, even though your intentions are to write for somebody else, you're still writing in your voice. You're writing in your voice. You're writing in your rhythm. You're writing in your cadence. You're writing in, you know, in the form you know how to write. And sometimes, maybe in those, some of those cases, I might have been the only one who could do, do those or give them justice. So it was hard. Yeah, unintentional, hard. unintentionally, you, you probably write writing in your mind to a rhythm that you're so used to doing. You know what I mean? And everybody on the show was talented. Everybody was amazing. But, you know, but still it's a long process. You know what it's like? It's like you're trying out, you know, for, uh, for the band or for the cheerleading team. And they post, you know, on a piece of paper on a wall. They tape it to the wall. Everybody who made the team. And every week you run up to that piece of paper and you go, you try to find your name. Like, fuck, I didn't make it. Every week you go, you didn't make it. I didn't make it. All you want is one of those sketches up there. He's like, oh, yeah. Right. But, you know, it's one of those things where every, you know, every week it was a different host. So you had to create new ideas for that particular host. You meet the host, you talk to the host, you know, and um, they come to your office and you talk to them one-on-one or whatever, find out what they do well. They got any tricks they do, something they do well, we write to that. So it was a, it was a process, man. Then you have the you know, uh, table read. That's another long all day, mm-hmm. all day process. And um, you have the oh, oh, people. Table read is when everybody sits at a table with the script and they read it out like they're actually doing it. That's what a table read. Is. Yes, that's a table read. So uh, you have the host sitting at the top, Lauren Michaels, producers all around, all the writers, big stack of damn sketches, big ass stack of sketches. Fat ass, a lot of damn sketches. Everybody, you know, everybody writes maybe two or three or four sketches. Submit all them joints, man. And it's like, holy shit, man. You see that stack? You see that big ass stack? You're like, shit. You know, and you just wait for yours to pop up, you know. And everybody gets that same stack. You just be going through them. And they read every last one of them. Every last one. Oh, so that's how, that you table read it, and then that's how it's picked. That's how it's picked. So the host. The host is there. Yeah, he's there. So to do Saturday Night Live, you don't come in on Saturday. 
You start from Monday. It's a whole week a process. Whole week of work. Whole week of writing. Whole week of uh, they got rehearsals that start. We do rewrites. Um, everything that gets picked, we we got to rewrite. We do rewrites on it. That means we make it funnier. We make it clearer, or whatever it is. We do all that. They rehearse on Friday. They rehearse on Saturday. And then by the time you see it, um, they do two shows. They do an 8 p.m. show, and they do the real live show at 11.30. So there is an earlier show. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. See, wait a minute. You do a dress rehearsal at 8, at, at 8.30 with people there or, or, or drive? No, it's, 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 it's an audience. A real, a real. Some people like going to the dress rehearsal show because, you know, everything doesn't make the show. So you get a chance to see things that didn't make the live show. They cut stuff, mm -hmm. they add stuff, and by the time you see it, they already punched it up even more. So you'll see the the. I like. I, I, I always like sending my friends to the the dress rehearsal show because you see more stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not live. It's it is the show. They cut it down to make it fit the, the format, the time restrictions for the real show. And they punch it up and make it better. But you get a chance to see everything. You get a chance to see stuff, a lot of stuff. But also, you, you'll watch the real show and say, oh, they cut that sketch. I like that sketch, or whatever. You know what I mean? Some things don't make it. Even in live TV, a lot of times, time, they go over time. And they'll, they'll cut sketches right before they're about to go on. They'll say, they, they say cut. No good. They can't use that one. Go to credits. And they, they can't, they can't so squeeze it in. How do you fit? How if, if it's because I I always thought it was tape. If it's live, how do you fit that into the exact time? Commercials, everything. They, they say, wait, hold on, wrap it up. You gotta stay on. There, there's there's producers and everybody on that floor running that thing like a like a like a fine tuned machine. So that's shit. So that's and that and that is that's the ultimate. To do. That's the ultimate level. See, and that's why when when they called me for for that show, I could have easily said. Nah, you know what? Because I, I had another show that I was I was uh, about to do in L.A. So I said to myself, damn, do I stay here and, and, and just continue doing what I'm doing instead of taking a writing job when I know I really wanted to be cast member? But I said to myself, I said, I said you know what? It's going to look good on my resume. I said, you know what? It'll look good on my resume. So I just packed up everything, my wife and I. We packed up everything, man, and we weren't even married yet. Uh, but we ended up going back from going to New York, man, and that's you know you you gotta think about you know I call them first downs. You know, if I use football analogy, I like to say sometimes you gotta get a first down once you gotta just keep getting first down. Sometimes and a lot of times you ain't gonna score all the time. You know, maybe you you know, but as long as you can stay in the middle of the field and don't let them score on you. You gonna be all right, you know. And they, mm -hmm. score you, they can't beat you, but you gotta score at some point. But I like I like to use that right. because you know if I can stay in the middle of the field, I can always score. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just, it's gonna, you're eventually gonna get you're eventually gonna get a chance. To you score. gonna get a chance to score, man. Just keep getting first downs. Keep moving that ball. Keep moving the chain, and you are gonna be all right, you know. And I and, and that's why I said I said this is gonna look good on my resume, and that's the reason I said you know what. This is SNL. I'm a New Yorker. 
It, and also, you have plenty of people who started out as writers and they ended up on cast. Mm -hmm. So I said, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I, and I'm like this. I don't mind getting in there and working hard and showing you my worth and what, how I can benefit this show. So I, I, I like getting in there and coming from that field. It's more satisfaction out of it too, because you're working hard and you're showing what you can do and who you are. Otherwise, they would have never put me in sketches. They, they didn't have any reason to. They had plenty of people. They didn't, need to, they didn't have to put me in sketches, but they put me in sketches because they know that's the world I'm from. You know, I was on Cedric's show before I even got on SNL. I was a cast member on a Fox sketch show, you know, with Cedric. So I've come from, I came from the sketch world and I was on Larry Sinatra's show, another sketch show, which, which was a brilliant goddamn show. People, people forget about the Lyricist Lounge show. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Lyricist Lounge was brilliant. Brilliant. Show. Sketches, along with rap. Oh, man, come on. That show was brilliant. That show was brilliant, man. It didn't, it, didn't get, it didn't get the respect it probably should have. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you got to realize, they were writing that shit. They were writing that stuff for shows, for the show. That wasn't some existing shit they had waiting like existing albums they wrote that shit for the show it was that those guys they were brilliant man and mixed with sketch comedy and man that was a brilliant ass show man let me tell you something that show was good. it was man it was before it's it time was, man it was brilliant it was it was that's what i was about to say it was before it's time i think if they did that now it probably it probably would have done much better, man. I I I take that. But you know, it, 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 it could. You know what? In the world of wilding out and all this, all this culture, um, it would have been still an awesome show to do. You know, it, it definitely is. You know, it would it would it would have fit right in there because you know, wilding out has a has a tone of culture and hip hop to it, and 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 jokes and all this. Great stuff, and a show like Lewis Brown would have would have fit in perfectly as a partner show for something like that, also. So yeah, so all all that all that stuff, man, is, is being said is you know you you you're set out on your on your path, and you you and you just make sure that your path is uh is littered with good uh, moments that you can feed off of and take from and make something of it, you know. Otherwise. You know, you step on toes, you burn bridges. Some people step on toes and burn bridges and don't even know they did it. All they know is, man, I ain't heard from, they ain't call, they ain't never call me. <laughs> they don't know they did it. They, they don't call you, so sir, they because they don't fuck with you. They don't like fuck that. with you no more. You do dunks. <laughs> you don't gotta tell nobody you don't fuck with them no more. You just let it, you just don't fuck with them no more. You just don't fuck with them no more. You're not gonna get a memo. You're not gonna get a memo to who it may concern. <laughs> I don't fuck with you. To who it may concern. You're right. And that's just, you know, it, it is, you know, at some point, man, you, you, you can't be greedy, man. You gotta have satisfaction in your movement and believe in your movement. And you will never step on a toe in your whole life. You'll never burn a bridge because you are so content and you know who you are and you're grounded in a, in a place where you can have peaks and valleys, which is what peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys are the things that give you the character. 
It gives you character. The peaks and the valleys. If everything went perfect all the time, oh my God, man. If everything went perfect all the time, you gotta be fucking somebody over. Somebody gotta be, somebody gotta have had to have get hurt. Somebody gotta get hurt in that path. And if you just go on like this and you ain't paying attention, somebody got their feelings hurt somewhere. Well, <laughs> you, you know this? The, 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 the entire motherfucking world got a valley just now. Everybody got this motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, I got the valley. And you got the fucking valley. You got the valley. valley. We got the valley. <laughs> so right. we, 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 all, we all gotta work through it. We all gotta live through it. It is what it is. You don't have to come back. I can't, I covered everything <gasps> that I wanted to get out because I always want to understand how SNL works. Yeah. You know, of course, you know I love Pootie Tang. Now I gotta go to my computer. Uh, take Pootie Tang off of my uh, off of my fucking uh, <laughs> iTunes and watch Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. You don't even have a fucking Pootie Tang. Salute, my man, Damien boy. Salute. Salute. What a time. How did you? How did you? I'm gonna leave you on this. How did you not laugh? During doing that shit, I laughed so hard with that belt, with everything. I just don't know how the fuck you could do it, but Man, listen, you it. did it and you, and you got through. That that movie was not a high budget movie. No, it didn't have a lot of money. You could tell that, but but it was just there, man. It's just when you got it, you got it. It was man. just, you know what? It was a something. You know, I think there's something to. But now, if you realize now. That is a style now. Was you what? And Pootie was 90, 90 something, ninety one, whatever it was, ninety one, I think. Whatever. But think about this: now people actually shoot purposely in that style, that crude, a crude, called a crude style. They shoot that mm. in that style now, and. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Raggedy. Uh, janky. Yeah. Uh, get you can shoot that on purpose now. You shoot that on purpose in that form because you wanted to look like that. Yeah. You, you wanted to look ignorant. <laughs> you wanted, wanted to look, to look like ignorant. <laughs> but fun movie, man. Great people to work with, man. And uh, great memories, man, shooting that show, man. And I think. You know, like we said, man, it, it is a, it is, it is your, uh, your journey, man. It, 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 it serves its purpose, you know, um, and I think all that adds to, you know, one day I did a radio show and the dude, um, the radio guy pulled up my IMDB and, I, and you know what, you find yourself forgetting about Shit you did. Shit you did. I'm like this, oh shit. I forgot all about that. But then when you when you actually hear it or read read your own IMDB, you realize that damn, that's why I did that show. That's why I did that. I didn't even realize put one and two together until now the purpose mm. that served. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I see. So I was supposed to come to LA perform. Get seen by Chris and, their, and his crew, and that night at the comedy store to go back to the Chris Rock show, so Chris could know. But but see, the crazy part about it is, 
I had already did a sketch on the Chris Rock show because I did I did a movie with Louis C.K. that was even lower budget. They shot that shit in black and white. It was called Tomorrow Night. It was called Tomorrow Night. I shot that movie, and I ended up knowing him. Let's see you know. I go to L.A., and then Chris saw me. I had to come back to L.A. after I had already done sketches on the Chris Rock show. Came back. He never seen my, he hadn't seen my stand-up. So I do stand-up, do stand-up on the show. Now I know, now me and Chris is cool. Louis, he, he's the head writer at Chris Rock show. And then he created the Pooley Tank character. So see how things work? You gotta do this in order for that to make sense. And for that to make sense, you gotta do this one. And then it comes back in its full circle. So mm -hmm. now, next thing you know, me and Chris are good friends. He called me back. We do take uh, uh, top five. We do top five, which is another great movie. Chris did. I love top five. Had a great time doing top five. See, I think sometimes you build these relationships that you don't know their purpose yet. But right. at some point, you're gonna come back. They come through. They come around. They come back around. Yeah. Somehow it makes sense. They come back around. They come through. Yeah, man. So. They come through. <laughs> boy, look at that boy. Let me grab the break. I'm going to put my jeans back into my masses. <laughs> Drop the mic on that, brother. Drop the mic on that. I love you. I'm going to I'm gonna text you and tell you what I, I'll, I'll text you and tell you what the other conversation is. I love you, brother. I'll catch you later. Be safe, brother. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, my brother. I love you, man. All right, be safe. That's my man, JB Smooth, right there. Make Noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachetcha and the team at creativecontentagency.com. Please support this podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love that. And by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends. Do it. You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com. I answer that. Or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs.